The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. On this episode, in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, we will be examining the upcoming graphic novel Under the Moon, A Catwoman Tale, published by DC Inc. and written by Lauren Miracle and illustrated by Isaac Goodhart. It is our great pleasure to have New York Times bestselling author Lauren Miracle as our special guest today. Thank you so much for being on our show today, Lauren. Oh, my pleasure. Would you mind telling our audience a little bit about yourself? I would not mind at all. I'm a writer. I've been writing since second grade, not being published since then been published since I was, oh, I don't know, about 20 years ago. I write for young adults and kids, but mainly for young adults because I think there's this sense still in our world that what happens to kids and adolescents honestly isn't as important as what happens to grown-ups, and I think that's silly. I think that everybody's life experience is equally valid. And I'm here today, I think, because I wrote a graphic novel origin story for Selena Kyle. So, of course, yeah. Selena grows up to be Catwoman, and the book that I wrote is called Under the Moon, and it's illustrated by amazing Isaac Goodhart. Once upon a time, I was afraid of the dark. I hated high school, so I left. I hated people, so I, well, I made some pretty cool friends, actually. You know what I think? I think it's not the size of the cat in the fight that matters. It's the size of the fight in the cat. And if it's true that cats only have nine lives, that's more than enough to make my mark. After all, I've only just begun. So we have read it and absolutely love it. I'm a big fan of Catwoman and it was really interesting to read her origin story. I completely agree that the experiences we go through in our childhood can shape the way that we may develop or the way that we might see ourselves or the world in our adulthood. So I thought it was really powerful to see the kind of trauma that she went through and the kind of superhero that she later can. This graphic novel opens up with harsh representations of child abuse. We see little Selena Kyle being neglected by her mother, who seems to be more interested in her many boyfriends, most of whom are physically abusive to Selena. When Selena's mom begins to date Darnell, he seems to taunt Selena even more than the others. What inspired you to represent child abuse in this way? Wow, that's interesting. I didn't really even call it child abuse in my mind. If I called it anything, I called it the dynamics between somebody who has power and someone who doesn't have power. And of course, you're right, that is what child abuse is. 
what I've seen in my life is that when people, you know, so of course, Dernella's broken too. He's got to have had a crappy life, I think, in order for him to have grown up to be someone who needs to kick somebody else, to put somebody else down. But I'm not interested in exploring Darnell's crappy life because the truth of the matter is grown-ups have a responsibility to have their act together more than kids do. And so it is unequivocally wrong for him to taunt Selena, make fun of Selena, boss Selena around and lock her in closets and push her around and hit her. I think I wanted to depict it that way mainly because I knew that Selena, as a 15-year-old, if she's going to end up leaving home, and I'm thinking about it in a real way, not in a comic book way. But if you've got a kid who's going to leave a place where there's a roof over her head, electricity, warmth, food. I mean, those are some pretty compelling niceties of life. To walk away from all that, there's got to be something pretty awful. And so mm -hmm. that's just where that part started. It is so wrong for someone to take advantage of someone who's so innocent like a child. Dr. Scarlett, how might graphic novels like these be helpful for children undergoing child abuse? You know, I think a lot of individuals who are experiencing something traumatic, like child abuse, like what Selena went through, might feel alone. Throughout this graphic novel, we see that although Selena does have some friends in school, like Angie and Tristan and even Bruce Wayne to an extent, she has a really difficult time opening up to anybody. She doesn't really have anyone in her life that understands what she went through until she meets her cat, Cinders. I think that a lot of children who go through child abuse feel excruciatingly alone. And it's that loneliness, I think, that can drive somebody to explore self-harm and even consider suicide. And I think that sometimes having somebody understand what we're going through can be the most magical, the most powerful kind of healing. And I imagine a child who's going through child abuse reading this comic and seeing Selena experiencing something similar to what they went through and then seeing her own post-traumatic growth, her recovering from her trauma can be really inspiring and can allow that child to realize that they're not alone and that there's hope out there. I imagine that there are probably going to be a number of people who are going to be greatly helped by this, by seeing a representation of what they've been through in this way, through the images, through the story. Yeah, I mean, it's all about connections, right? And we see this when Selena finds the stray cat, Cinder. She brings it home and names it. And the reason why she names it is after the Cinderella story, right? Yeah. As she's taking care of Cinder, Selena grows very attached to her and seems to be significantly happier until Cinder dies a very tragic death under Darnell. What are you hoping the reader will feel and learn from this experience, Lauren? Oh, golly. You know, if it were that experience and nothing else, you'd learn that the world sucks and then you die, you know? And that's not, of course, what I'm trying to convey. I think that I was listening to Dr. Scarlett talk about that loneliness and the isolation. I think there's also a lot of shame that goes on in, in all of our heads and all of our human heads, but hopefully adults learn how to cope, how to process it. For Selena and kids like her, and I know a lot of those kids, I think not only do they feel alone, but they feel 
it's hard even to tell another human about it. So not only is it hard to find another human who gets it, but it's hard to find the courage to open up about it. But with an animal, it's such a beautiful relationship because this kitten loves Selena unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And one thing that Isaac does that's amazing with the illustrations is Selena suddenly is open. You know, she's beautiful and free in a way that we haven't seen her up until then because at school she's guarded. At home she's even more guarded. And then when she's hiding out with cinders, it's like she's a kid. She's joyful. The fact that Cinders dies is just another indication that Darnell is truly a terrible person and that she needs to get out of there. I mean, if this can happen to the cat, what can happen to her? Mm -hmm. But I think in terms of why that matters, you have to keep on reading the story to see the resilience and the growth that comes after that. And I do think, too, that it solidifies her desire to protect the creatures that are smaller than she is. So whereas Darnell is abusive to the creatures who are smaller than he is, Selena turns that around. And I think that's a great thing for kids to see is that, you know what, you don't have to follow the path that you've been shown. You can be the one to say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to rewrite this. I'm going to turn this story into the way I want it to be told. That's a beautiful sentiment. I love that. It's essentially becoming the hero of your own journey. Absolutely. And it takes strength and courage and perseverance because you guys see it. I'm sure, Dr. Scarlett, you've seen it, that abuse tends to repeat itself. And so to be able to break that cycle is powerful. You know, people who've experienced abuse, in my observation, can develop in one of two ways. Either they might continue that abuse cycle where they then abuse others, or they might become the protector. Mm -hmm, They might become mm -hmm. somebody who is an advocate to support other people who are being abused. And I think that's what Selena does over time. She becomes an advocate, like in her protecting Rosie, in her making those new friends and new connections that she did. I think that's her survivor story. And I think this allows her to heal from some of the horrors that she went through as a kid. Yeah, I think so. And that makes me think about how another thing that's beautiful about teens and adolescents is they haven't yet become jaded to the idea of right and wrong. There is a right and wrong, and it's a gut-level right and wrong. And as adults, sometimes we say, oh, well, that's just the way the world is, nothing we can do about it. And Selena says, oh, yeah, there's something we can do about it. And she goes out, I think of her as like a football line breaker, knocking everybody away with her elbows and saying, I will fix this. I will take this (laughs) dirt down. I will save this kid. This is uncool. I love that. Yeah, most definitely. We see in this graphic novel that there's examples of bullying and there's also some discrimination and prejudice towards the LGBTQ community, specifically a youth, which is Selena's friend Tristan. What are some of the lessons you're hoping the reader will learn from reading this graphic novel, especially after what you just said about standing up? You know, as an author, I never think about it as lessons just because Who in the world would read a book if the book said, hey, here's some nice lessons for you, you know? It becomes personal. Once you write a story, the reader is then interacting with it, and it's her experience or his experience. And my answer to the Tristan question is a little bit complicated because on the one hand, yes, Selena stands up for Tristan. Some guys are bullying him because he's gay, and Selena makes them stop, but she makes them stop in a way that She's herself being a bit of a jerk. She takes them down a peg to shame them and to make them back away. That's not what Gandhi would do. (laughs) That's not what Mother (laughs) Teresa would do. But the thing about telling stories is this is high school. You have to reflect it authentically. 
And Selena's heart did start to pound faster when she had to go into that crowd and stand up for her friend. And Selena even tells herself, oh, I'm no bleeding heart, but she is a bleeding heart. She's already learning to try to put that protective shell around her. So I think part of the tension is, how can you be a kind and ethical and moral person and at the same time function in this world in which there's so many pitfalls to navigate and so many people judging you all the time? Absolutely. Research studies are actually showing us that when people read stories about individuals who've experienced prejudice or some kind of adverse events like homelessness, for example, mm -hmm. the way that mm -hmm. Selena does, might then be more compassionate toward individuals that are going through that or individuals that belong to that community. I imagine that readers who are reading Under the Moon might even become more compassionate toward homeless individuals, seeing how anybody can become homeless and anybody can feel cold and hungry and lonely and sad and scared. And sometimes it takes the kindness of strangers to help us survive. Well, and that's the thing about books, too, is that it opens up that window into another world. And by no fault of a kid's own self, if you don't see something, if all you see is what's in your school, what's in your house, that's the world. That's what's presented to you. But when you read a book, yeah, absolutely. Just what you said, you've got suddenly access into somebody else's interior life. And it is that kind of funny kid moment of realizing oh, other people have thoughts and emotions and wants and hopes. And wow, this is weird, but I'm not actually the center of the world. And I'm not alone. I'm not oh, that alone too. Yep, too. Yep, yep, yep. Oh my gosh, yes. This novel has such powerful mental health topics and themes. It's powerful to see that over time, Selena is so hurt and devastated that she begins to self-harm by cutting herself. What do you hope young people will take away from Selena's experience? Well, a couple of things. Again, this is where I'm going to step into my young people advocate role as opposed to being the wise adult who nods her head. Not that y'all are just doing that at all. Here's the thing. Plenty of kids cut. I have seen it in my children. I've experienced it myself. I've got five kids. It's a blended family. And I'd say half of their friends, when they come over, I kind of see that telltale tucking down of their shirt. I see the marks on them. And so it's a coping mechanism. It's not the best, obviously. But Dr. Scarlett, maybe you can speak to this later. The therapists that I've talked to have said, let's try to teach them something better. But at the same time, don't totally freak out. So I'm not saying that cutting is by any means something that I want kids to emulate. And so what I'm trying to show in the novel is, yeah, sometimes kids do this. If you feel like you are so ashamed and you're the only one doing this, no, you're not. Sometimes you feel so out of control of your own life that the only way you can take control back is this mistaken idea of, well, all these other people are hurting me. I can hurt myself too. She turns it into a mission, really. She says, this is for senders. So first thing is, again, you're not alone. But then the more important thing is that as the novel goes along, People are asking her about her cuts, and she feels defensive at first. And then with Rosie, a little girl that she takes under her wing, she feels terrified that Rosie will do that too. She says, oh my gosh, if Rosie thinks it's okay that I did this because she's Rosie's idol, what if Rosie does it too? And so now Selena is doing just what we've been talking about, about putting herself in somebody else's shoes. Instead of just living the raw pain of her own existence, she's looking at someone else and saying, 
I don't want this kid to do that. And so she tells Rosie, listen, this is not okay. I was dumb. I was in pain. This was wrong. Come to me. If you are feeling sad enough to do that, come to me. Absolutely. In my experience, self-harm, especially something like cutting, tends to be a physical manifestation of excruciating emotional pain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a lot of times, children especially, although adults engage in this behavior too, children might not have adequate tools to help them explore the horrific emotional experiences that they're going through and find a way to alleviate that pain. Sometimes the self-harm is about managing pain Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's about punishing oneself, and sometimes it's about alleviation of pain. Whatever the reason is, it's certainly something that I think you did a really good job of not shaming and not stigmatizing and showing that a lot of kids engage in this behavior because they're hurting. And also, as we learn other coping skills and as we expand our support groups, then we may not need to rely on something like this in order to help us cope. Well, I think you nailed it when you said that I'm trying to dismantle the shame because I see that all the time. So I'm also one of those people who's tucking down my shirt sleeves, you know, or at the gym, I'm like, you know, somebody will ask me what the scars are. And I'm like, Bobcat, it's a mountain lion, you know, and I kind of make a joke out of it because I've realized that if I give any kind of an authentic answer, it makes people very uncomfortable. I've also noticed that a lot of adults think that self-harm and cutting is this kind of eye-rolling cry for attention. Like I've been at dinner parties where women are saying like, yeah, they just want attention, all they want. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I feel like that's unfair and dismissive and makes it even harder for a kid to say, actually, I'm hurting on the inside, like you said. You know, I think sometimes external scars are just the tip of a mountain, of an iceberg, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of the emotional depth of the horrific emotional trauma that we've been through. For me personally, I actually ended up getting a tattoo, not over, but on top of my scars. So, um, oh, I, honey, I have. See, look at this. I bet, <laughs> yes, we humans are all struggling and we're all in this together. But sorry, keep telling me about your tattoo. No, that's okay. So, I have actually a lotus flower that is tattooed on the very tip of my scars so that the scars are still visible, but they now flow into this lotus flower as stems leading to the lotus flower, which to me represents healing. Dang, so, that is gorgeous. Okay. Well, and that's another thing, too, that is important to articulate is that you're scars and Selena scars just because you're scarred doesn't mean you're damaged I mean yes you might still bear that external sign that at one point in your life this is a choice you made but Selena goes on you know Selena rises from the ashes and you did the same and you turned it into a reminder to yourself of how resilient you are and so maybe that's another thing that we want kids to know is who you are at one point of your life is important But it's not necessarily who you're going to be during all the points of your life. And we are always growing and we always have the opportunity to keep rising to the occasion and keep being warmer, better, more loving, reaching out to others, helping others, everything. And this is important, you two sharing your experiences. And thank you so much, Lauren and Jania, for sharing your experiences because these young people that might be hearing this might find that connection and might find that resilience and might find that they're not alone, which is super important. 
In addition to all these awful events we've been discussing and that Selena experienced, we also see a number of people treating her with kindness. From Todd, the man who owned the shed she stayed mm. in, to mm-hmm. her new friends, Ojo, Yang, and Rosie, and even Bruce Wayne himself. How does this help her grow? And what made you choose to have Selena take on the role of a big sister to Rosie? Oh, that is a fascinating question because sometimes your questions make me think about my job as an author. I didn't choose to have her be a big sister to Rosie. This is going to sound goofy, but she just was. That's just the way. <laughs> because Rosie was Cinders. For people who haven't That's read what I got it, too. She was a yeah, representation totally. of Cinders. <laughs> well, she's 10 years old. She's on her own. She's retreated into not speaking. That's her outward scar in a way that's her form of you can't get hurt if you don't engage that's what she tells herself but really what happens is if you don't engage you get lonelier and lonelier when selena sees rosie at first she tries to pretend to be hardened about it because ojo and yang both of who are guys they're like yeah yeah you can bond with rosie because you're both girls and selena thinks no, I'm not a girl girl. I'm not going to have any pajama party pillow fights with this kid. And so she tries to be that tough kid who says, I'm above all this or I'm too cool for this, which are protective mechanisms themselves. But then when she sees Rosie, there's no way her heart doesn't respond to Rosie's heart. And Rosie needs someone. And so Selena steps up because that's who Selena is. She is a hero in her own right. She does have her own moral and ethical code. And that code says, if a kid needs me, I'm there. I will give my life for this kid. Awesome. It's kind of like a chosen family. And Dr. Scarlett, can you please talk about how families might not need to be blood in order to help us grow and heal? Sure. I think that some of us are fortunate enough to have families that we're born into that are very loving and very supportive and some of us aren't and we see in this graphic novel that selena's blood family her mother especially gail was not somebody who was supportive she was neglectful and allowed her boyfriends to abuse selena so sometimes if our own family that we're born into is not understanding supportive or protective we may elect to have a chosen family as selena did we might find a group of people that we have a strong connection to and that surrogate family can essentially become our own helping us to heal helping us to recover and helping us to make sense of what's been happening to us oh i see that all the time listening to you talk about families even those of us who have loving supportive families think about it there's always drama there's always pain there's always that horrible thanksgiving vacation that you just can't wait to end and that's with the pretty good families. So that's another avenue into empathy as you think, all right, what if you've got a family where, as my my daughter goes to a school that has some kids without supportive families. And so she comes home and tells me these stories about, yeah, mom, Theo's mom took his new puppy and threw it out the second store window. And I'm like, oh my gosh, honey, it's just crazy. And yes, social workers are tackling that, but there's more problems than there are solutions. So I see those kids come to Mirabelle, my daughter, who feels pretty intact emotionally. And it's almost like she is the Selena to all of these Rosies because she's got enough love that she can share it. And so, yeah, I think that happens with made families, too, is that these people who are not broken, they're struggling. But if you find other kindred souls, then, yeah, you can be strong together. Well, thank you so much for being a part of our superhero therapy family. 
we really appreciate having you on. Can you please tell our audience how they might be able to reach out to you? Maybe a Twitter handle? Of course. Well, first, though, let me thank y'all. That was the most fun interview I've ever done and my very first podcast. So y'all are oh, doing wow. important. Yeah, y'all are doing important work. And you guys, I can tell, care about your listeners and the way I care about my readers. And so thank you. That was absolutely lovely. Well, um, let's see, I'm on Instagram. My tag thingy is Miracle Girl. So it's Miracle spelled with a Y. And I'm on Twitter under the same tag. I'm pretty sure. I kind of suck at social media, but I, I I care and I'm always on Instagram. So if you want to find me, send me a personal message there for sure. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lauren. It was wonderful to have you. And for our listeners out there, we highly recommend Under the Moon. Please check it out. It's a wonderful read. And one last thing really quickly is it is a wonderful read and it's also a wonderful look. I just can't say enough about how much the illustrations add to the story. Isaac is amazing. Yeah, I love the art in it. It looked amazing. I also want to mention that the book Under the Moon will be available May 7th, wherever books are sold. So we're going to go ahead and end this episode of Superhero Therapy. Again, my name is Dustin. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlett. You can find me on Twitter under at Shadow Quill. Thank you all for joining. Have a great day. <laughs>